You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I am the producer of this podcast. Our hosts, Candace and Cher, could think of no better way to start their podcast than to talk about how the surprising power of kindness led them on their own journey of healing from childhood trauma. Listen in as they share about their first encounters with a kindness that felt different than any other kindness they had experienced. From these experiences, they were both led to become trained in narrative-focused trauma care with the hope of helping others heal through the surprising power of kindness. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. Good to be with you today. Good to be with you, too. Wow, it's the day that we are starting our podcast, Processing Trauma Out Loud. I know, working on this and planning toward this and a dream realized, right? And something that in the beginning we didn't even know was going to um, come out of, you know, the couple of years that we have already been processing trauma out loud. I know. Yeah. Wonderful. And then how exciting when we were talking about our first topic that it did not even take really a discussion to say that we wanted to talk about the surprising power of kindness because it it is what opened the doorway for us to experience true healing yeah and healing that we are still on this journey being led by kindness right i know it's and it is surprising, right? You wouldn't expect something like kindness to be powerful. And yet we both have found it to be very powerful in our lives. Yes, very true. We just want to jump in with a story about how kindness really, I like the word disrupted your life in a beautiful way. So I want to invite you to just share that story with our listeners today. Yeah, and it's it's so fun to be able to talk about going back two years to when we started Story Group. And I had worked on my story, my, my struggles, my childhood trauma for a lot of years already. And I had done therapy and read a lot of books and attended a lot of seminars and I had worked hard, and yet there were a lot of things that I had not been able to really break free from. Um, Feelings of shame, just continually feeling like there was something wrong with me or bad about me. Struggling with the feeling that I didn't measure up. Um, And I could just go on and on and list. But even though I had worked a lot on my story and on my trauma, I couldn't break free. And so then I started to hear about story group. And I decided I'm going to give it a try. And so I signed up on the very last day and with a lot really of fear about what this could be like, I joined this group that um, has really been so transformational in my life. And here we are two years later, we have a community that has walked together through these two years, and it's just been just beautiful. And now you and I are working together on this project and excited about allowing our voices 
of healing and transformation to go out into the world. And so the first time that I shared a story in story group, and I had never shared a story, one of my very specific stories of harm as a child with details, what I saw, what I heard, what the colors were, um, who was there. And this was the format that we were using in our story group. And so I read my story. And as I finished reading, I started to feel a little afraid. Like, what will I see when I look up at the screen? Because this was a virtual group. And I paused a little second or two and I looked at the screen and I expected to see eyes turned away, maybe um, judgment. Um, and as I looked up and saw eyes with compassion and even some tears and everybody looking at me. And I was really surprised by that gift of people turning their faces toward me in the context of a story that had held so much shame for me. And immediately our facilitator began to speak to me and really to me as the little girl in the story. She spoke directly to who I was as that eight-year-old. She spoke words of care that I had never received. I certainly didn't receive it back then, and I had never received. And as she began to speak, I, I was really taken aback. It was, it was so kind, so caring, so loving. I mean, it was the kind of goodness that I had longed for my whole life, really, um, and to have it come in the context of a story where I carried a lot of shame, it was surprising, it was powerful, and it changed the course of my life, really. I, I stepped onto a new path that day of, of recognizing, or, or and I'll just say really like tasting, I got that first taste of kindness and compassion. I wanted more. Yeah. Uh, that's so good. And I, I had the honor of being in that first group with you. Yeah. And I remember that story. Well, I actually still think about that story sometimes, especially, uh, when, you know, I just, I want to be a part of your ongoing journey of needing to feel safe and protected. Right. Mm. The impact of that was huge because, right, some, a story that was severely harmful and yet in the absence of any care, I, I didn't feel like it was, in, in a sense, like I knew it was important and I knew it was a big deal, but I didn't know it was that big of a deal until I heard your words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so being able to, like have witnesses, you know, yeah. even, even though it wasn't real time, you know, we're talking years later, mm -hmm. that little girl actually was able to see more clearly and name more clearly what, ha what actually happened in that episode. 
Absolutely. Because prior to that, not only did I minimize it, but I felt I was to blame. Mm -hmm. And for me to have, like you said, years later, like decades later, many decades later, for me to have the awareness that other people saw it as a huge offense against me, like a horrible offense. Yeah. I mean, it was surprising. Yeah. I I don't even know what word to say, except just like, I remember just sitting there feeling like, well, wait a minute, you know, are are you sure? (laughs) But yeah, powerful anger in like just such a beautiful, beautiful context. Yeah. And I'm just so aware that there was a collective care. You know, you had many sets of eyes and ears and we were all in agreement, right? So it would have been really hard for you to argue with all of us that it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Exactly. Mm, I love that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was really a a remarkable day. A day, like I said, it set me on a path of toward healing in some ways that I had wanted, but had not been able to figure out how to really get there. Yeah. Well, and one of the, you know, one of the things that we can struggle with at the beginning of this journey of like starting to see that, okay, yeah, we have some stories of real harm is the idea of um, not being sure that we can even share the story, but then do we trust the kindness that's being offered to us, right? Right. Because some of our stories involve Mm -hmm. a kindness that was presented to us, but there was a price to pay to receive that kindness. Exactly. And I, and I think also like we didn't understand what trauma was, right. And, and really through the years, um, it's as children, when we experience ongoing trauma, we minimize it because that's our real life. We experience elements of it, you know, often, And so we tend to minimize it. And so I think it's important for us to just talk a little bit about what what is trauma. There's a a whole spectrum. We are going to be talking kind of about one specific type of trauma. But do you want to explain a little bit about what do we mean when we use this word trauma? Yeah, trauma, like you said, it, it has different spectrums or it's described in different ways. Um, I know for me, you know, the idea of things that are too much, too fast, too soon has been uh, reflective a lot of of some of my stories. Um, But trauma is an embodied experience. We, We actually experience it, you know, in our bodies and through our bodies. And so for children that have had developmental trauma. So we have big T traumas, little T traumas, uh, the big T more harsh, more severe in nature. And little T traumas can be, you know, even, even the idea of, um, you know, moments that we were very neglected, 
But when we have those repeated over childhood, you know, that's when we get into what we're going to be talking a lot about is the developmental trauma in the development of who we are, who we are created to be. It's continually disrupted by high levels of stress that that we are in of anxiety. Um, you know, we often say dysregulation where and we'll get more into this in, in further episodes, but literally our prefrontal cortex goes offline where we're able to think clearly, logically problem solve, and we are actually in our limbic brain. And so in those spaces, we begin to believe messages, right? Like if something's happening over and over again, and a lot of times the messages that come out of trauma is I'm alone. Mm-hmm. isolated, um, bad, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And the beauty of story work, story group, finding someone that can help us go back into those stories is that we can actually rewrite the narrative. We can, I like the word override. We can override the messages that trauma, um, and we'll just call it evil, right? Mm. that was intended to keep us hidden, to keep us in shame, to keep us in judgment, yeah, to have self-contempt and other contempt. Yeah, so important. And I, I want to just talk a little bit about judgment because we're, we're talking about kindness today and we put kindness in the opposite end of the spectrum from judgment. Shame and isolation and all of these aspects that we deal with because of the traumas that we experience really bring us to this place where we stand in judgment of ourselves a lot. And as long as we're in that spot of self-contempt, self-condemnation, even inviting it from others, right, or allowing it from others, um, living in a context where we are we are being pressed down rather than um, lifted up into the ability to flourish in life. Um, Recognizing judgment and how devastating it is in in our lives is really important because it's truly, um, and we love this verse, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So it's the kindness of God that leads us to be able to make the changes that we long for in in our lives and in our relationships. But until we know kindness, we will use judgment to try to get ourselves to change. And judgment cannot usher us into healing. It just absolutely cannot. So it's really important for us to recognize where are we judging? Um, The places where we're judging are really huge indicators of where we really need someone to come with kindness and, and speak into us, into our lives right there. Yes. I, I'm thinking of when I first encountered, um, meeting with a story work coach that I had learned about through listening to, um, a podcast, um, by the, by the name of a man named Adam Young. And 
he was interviewing, um, he was interviewing this story work coach who is my coach today. Her name's Patria. Mm-hmm. And I was so drawn just by that conversation and listening to her story and how he engaged her story. Um, at the end of that podcast, it they shared her information. And so I went on to her website and ended up booking a, a consultation with her and started story work with her. And I will never forget in those early meetings with her, as I started to bring my, you know, some of my stories to her, um, she met me with a few words that, you know, what we like to say is that rewired my brain or began the process of rewiring my brain. And I was having some current day struggles too. Right. And she just looked at me and she goes, Candace, of course, of course you would struggle that deeply and that your journey has been hard and complicated. And, you know, really what she knew because of some of the stories that I had shared with her is I really hadn't ever been in a space of the kind of, of the kind of kindness that leads to life transformation. And so I'm still with her, you know, two years later experiencing the surprising power of kindness. Mm. I love that. And I love that you found her on a podcast, right? And then you went, you pursued and you knocked down the doors, right? Because you had to have it. Mm -hmm. And I want to just talk a little bit about how kindness does not mean nice. And what the difference is here, because I think it's important that we really have clarity on what do we mean when we say kind, because we're talking about big issues here. We're talking about trauma that we experienced that radically altered our lives in childhood. Situations that we could not get away from. We were powerless. And what we needed then was somebody who walked toward us in that moment and helped us, named what was going on, you know, helped us find calmness in our body and helped us with and, and help us know how to move forward or heal from it. We didn't get that. And, and so what we need today is somebody who will do that. And, and it's not, it's not. It's very different than a nice person. Mm -hmm. A nice person might say, how are you? Oh, wow. That must have been really hard. Um, I wish you well. Mm -hmm. Good intention. Polite. Seemingly caring. And yet not able to really go to the hard places and stay with us there, sit with us there, help us process the suffering, the misunderstandings, the misperceptions, the lies. Kindness is courageous and kindness is strong. It's that person who can really see the the ugly stuff. Because when we're talking about childhood trauma, we're talking about stuff that is, you know, it's it's ugly. It's it's hard, and it's hard to talk about, and, and sometimes it's hard to listen to. It's hard to hear it. Uh, 
but it is the kind person who will go to those dark places with us and be with us there and help us find our way out into safety. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, as we bring things to an end, and I know we want to, we want to talk uh, a lot longer about this issue, and we will talk again and again, but I want to say to our listeners, as we just bring this to an end today, that kindness is available. It's real. There are many people that know how to provide kindness and know how to step toward you. There are a lot of people who don't. And so it takes wisdom and it takes discernment as you think about sharing your story of trauma, your stories of trauma with someone. Choose carefully, Mm -hmm. but don't be afraid to go there and be watching for, looking for that person who can move toward the difficult places and be with you there. That's what we hope for you so that you encounter kindness in a way that brings healing to your lives as we have. I agree, Cher. Beautifully said. And I, I'm excited to take this journey with you. And we will talk more about kindness because I actually have a few more things I want to say. I know. Sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> don't be sorry at all that it, it I mean, everything you said is just, you know, what we've been experiencing for the last two years. So, but yeah, kindness is a topic that we will go back to again and again. Yeah. Candace, so good to be with you and process this aloud. And um, I'm so glad you're my friend. I'm so glad to love you, share. Good to be with you. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.